The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey everyone, my name is Mike Vaughn. I'm a writer uh, and content creator at uh, GVN. And uh, I am so excited because I am talking to the director of Skinamarink, um, uh, Kyle Edward Ball. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Um, so uh, first off, uh, again, congrats on just how um, like well the movie's been doing. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been it's been incredible. It's been a whirlwind. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's kind of funny because I was like thinking about how um, you know, I got to review this. Uh, I believe it was for Fantasia uh, last um, I guess summer. Gosh, uh, time is not a thing anymore. Ju yeah, July twenty twenty two. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Um. So yeah. Um. And it was one of those movies that, like, you can tell it was something special. Like, um, I very much got this kind of uh, dark fairy tale mixed with a little bit of Kenneth Anger. Um, yeah. Like, which is so awesome because uh, I'm a huge fan of, like, Ken Anger. Um, I'm so jealous. A friend of mine, like, has known him since the 80s, like, personally. Oh, wow. Yeah um so um first off um you know the visuals are so um alarming and very creepy and i was like kind of wondering like if you could talk about the challenges that you know um the visuals were just from like a technical standpoint as far as like shooting it in low light or sometimes just like by television light so shooting it was actually quite easy because cameras have gotten so good that we could under light quite a bit without stressing the camera too much the hard part was in post-production because it's 4k digital footage and i had to make it look like footage from the 70s and it was a challenge because originally I was going to do a rough cut without making it look or sound like an old movie. And I found fairly shortly as I was editing that that would be difficult because I needed the mood to be present to cut it properly. So instead, I started making it look old and sound old as I went. So to make it look old, I had a pre, I had a package of super eight millimeter film overlays that I'd been using for years. 
Um, and they, they're really good assets. I highly rec. But um, as I was editing, I found that I couldn't just put one overlay over the film and just repeat it. I needed to play with a bunch of different colored overlays. So I had about 40 different film stocks that I had to change depending on the, the mood I was conveying or even the lights that was present in the, the frame. And then in real time, color grade it after the fact too. So the tricky part was 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 really that right doing everything at once so i had to cut do sound design color grade apply overlay to make it look old and play with all these things at the same time for the editing to really flow which is why editing took four to five months shooting it was a breeze but editing it took took, uh. <laughs> took quite a bit yeah and then as far as the look outside of that there was a little bit of challenge with getting the house to read as a house from the 90s so we did some set deck and but a lot of it was taking things away so even stuff like the the picture frames that my parents had in the dining room I had to remove because they just read it as that like as 2000s or even the, they have like a stained glass uh, light fixture in the dining room. And I had to remove that because it just, even though it's it's stained glass, faux stained glass, in theory, it, it would read as any era. It just felt like something you would get at Ikea in the 2000s. So I had to remove that. So there was a lot of stuff as far as set deck of getting it to feel like a 90s house but shoot, shooting it was not that hard because again cameras have gotten so modern and powerful they see almost better than we do in in the dark yeah that's really interesting and um you know uh i think i read that um this was shot in your um your family home is that right yeah, I was shot in my childhood home, the house that I grew up in and that my parents still live at. Nice. Well, uh, uh, what did they think of the project? Um, uh, they were super on board and super accommodating for, for everything. And I think seeing the movie blow up has been definitely a neat experience for them because, like, it's just neat, right? They're seeing their son slowly like have his dreams come true in real time, right? So that's been exciting. Now, um, speaking of like childhood, I'm like, you know, this whole movie is about like, you know, distilling that fear of being a kid, which I think you do uh, perfectly. Um, like, what were some of your childhood fears, if if you don't mind my asking? Like, what yeah. what are some of the stuff that really, you know? I was afraid of the dark a lot as a kid and I was afraid of other kids because the other kids were mean. Like I would say th those were my two, two biggest fears. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I feel like that's pretty classic. Like I feel like that's something a lot of people can relate to. And I think that's kind of what is so, uh, again, impactful about this movie is I think it like really, um, 
accentuates that, but in a way that just feels like, like, I, I think I said this in my review um, initially that it's one of the, the movies that really feels like a dream. And I know that sounds very cliche, but there's like, it's so hard to pull off like this kind of dream logic, just like a whole stream of consciousness uh, put on film. Yeah, I wanted to play with the idea of I wanted the characters to respond to things relatively realistically and I wanted them to talk and engage with each other in a realistic, almost Cassavetes-esque way. But I wanted the movie to feel like like a little kid describing a dream they had. Like, uh, uh, we woke up and all the doors and windows were gone. And then we, um, uh, dad was gone. So we went downstairs and watched cartoons. And then I went upstairs and then I came back downstairs and then I heard a voice. And then... Uh, there was a chair on the ceiling and then and then this happened and that like I wanted it to feel like a little kid describing a dream they had and yeah yeah and I feel like that like totally nails it um now when I was talking about the visuals I wanted to also kind of move to like the amazing sound design um and I was wondering uh if you can talk more about like kind of went into what went into like designing the the very unsettling sound of the film yeah, so um, we recorded all the dialogue as ADR, so um, just microphone to voice versus um, recording it when we were shooting. And then um, once I got to editing, I had a live, I found a library of old sound effects from the 50s and 60s that were up for public domain. So that was, that was kind of a treasure trope that I stumbled upon. And then as far as making it sound old, I spoke with my friend, Tom, who is kind of an audio. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. guy about how to make it sound really tinny and old. So he helped me set up a series of presets to make the audio clip sound old. And then as far as the bed of the audio for each scene, I have a hiss and hum. So a hiss track and a hum track. Mm. And for each shot, I would use it as kind of room tone. So if I wanted to imply, oh, time, uh, it's a few hours later, or we're in a different mood, I would a uh, different room, I would literally use it as room tone and just play with that instead of actual room tone to indicate indicate time has elapsed or uh setting has elapsed 
And that took up a lot of time too. I would say I may have spent as much time actual cut cutting or getting the look as, as I did uh, for audio. Wow. Um, and I also believe I read that this was like done in about a week. Is that, is that right? As, as far as shooting goes? Yeah, we shot it in seven days, eight days, if you count the camera test. Nice. Um, yeah, and and um, again, I think I read that it was like a $15,000 budget, which um, I think is uh, really incredible. Um, and, you know, it, this kind of segues into like a larger thing that I think is really interesting that I'd love to get your input on. Um, I'm kind of seeing this like indie boom of horror movies kind of akin to like the 90s when we had uh the explosion of these like amazing indie directors um what do you think about the you know like this sudden like uh surge of these uh indie horror movies and of course you're a part of that like really kind of taking off and and going kind of mainstream yeah so i think it's so during the 80s um towards the end as far as not horror movies, but just mainstream movies, people had gotten kind of sick of seeing hyper-processed stuff over and over again. So the age of sequels and remakes and this and that. And then in the early 90s, we had the indie Sundance explosion, right? And then we had years of cool movies again. And then as of late, we, we've come back to that. A lot of the formulaic like superhero movies not that i hate superhero movies by any means like there's plenty of great cinema that fall under superhero movies but it, there is a lot of rehashing and a lot of the same movie over and over again and people were starting to feel more and more like they're spoon-fed and so we've had an indie resurgence i think again in the horror sphere because horror lends itself to the indie world so well so yeah yeah um yeah exactly and uh i kind of love how we're also in this time where you know these really talented like genre directors like james um james wan and um anna wingard are getting kind of like uh recognized and, and getting chances to make like tentpole films um, so, um, if you were given a blank check, uh, to make anything you wanted, like, what would your dream project be? Um, I probably would still make a relatively small movie because I don't, I don't want to make a big budget movie. I want to make little movies because I think they're scarier and I think they're funner to work on. Like, I've more or less i i i swear i've had meetings with almost every big production company as of since the movie has blown up and i've had a lot of like hollywood's essentially come knocking and i've had substantial talks with a medium-sized production company but i i still just want to make littler movies like i think my next picture realistically it'll probably be like more than a million dollars right but i don't i don't know if i'd be good at doing a big budget 
horror movie or or any movie because I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. I just I just want to I want to do things in steps. So my next movie is going to be bigger budget, but not like fifty million dollars, right? And I like working in in smaller movies. I think they're I think the audience can intuit sincerity, and I think you can lose that a lot of the time with with bigger budget movies with with exceptions right i would say everything everywhere all at once yeah. had had a ton of sincerity to it in in spite of the big budget right so yeah. yeah um yeah that's great and i i love how i mean that's so smart because i feel like most people they're like you know give me the 50 million dollar budget right yeah. away and you know, uh, sometimes I think it's very easy to flame out when you're when you do that. So, I mean, I, I, I love how, you know, that's very sensible. That's very level headed. Um, so I know um, you can't really talk too much about like next project um, or anything, but uh, I don't even know what it is. Like I was going to I had a few ideas and then the, the more I told people about them, the more out of love I I fell with them and then I I wanted to have already had started writing the follow-up but because the release of the movie was expedited so quickly I just haven't had time to to think of the next one like stuff still fomenting and now I'm getting the like the sophomore jitters of like Oh, do, like, how are people and I never had this problem with Skinner Inc. because I just I, I, people didn't really have any expectations. Right. So I was just like, OK, just make a movie that you'll think others will will like. And it's hard to apply that to my mentality now because now I'm conscious of, oh, this is my follow up. This is my one to prove that the first one wasn't an accident. Right. So all these other things are entering into it too of like, Oh, if I do something too similar to Skinner Inc, people are going to say, well, we've already seen you do this dance before. And if I do something too different, I'm afraid people will say, well, we liked you for the voice you had in the first one. So, and I know this is an incredibly privileged thing to say right like i still think I, I i don't think it's any stretch to say i might be the luckiest filmmaker alive at, at this very moment but that that's how i feel yeah i mean that it, definitely i can understand like how that could be such a weird place to be because again you know it's like you said you you know want to do something that's true to you but you you know you don't want to stray maybe too far from what people are expecting but I mean, I think that like you have great instincts. I think like just, I think whatever you go with, it's going to be awesome. Like, um, you know, I, I definitely uh, am very sincere when I say like, I can tell when there's movies that are really special. And as soon as I saw your film, I was like, this is awesome. I got to get in touch with this guy. I got to like pick his brain a little bit. <laughs> so oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Um, and um um yeah so um that sounds awesome like i am excited for whatever you have uh in the works and um you know um 
just kind of like to wrap up, what do you, uh, what would you want audiences to kind of take away from uh, your film? Uh, hmm. At the end of the day, I just want them to have watched something that will stick with them, right? A horror movie that they'll be thinking of years from now, right? And whatever interpretation people have or whatever the movie makes them feel, that is the correct interpretation and the correct feeling because it doesn't matter what I wanted them to feel or, or what I wanted them to interpret it as because it's not my movie anymore. It's, it's their movie, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, well, again, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk to me. Um, I will be sure to uh, post a link of like where you can go out and see this movie. And I highly re recommend that you do. And uh, again, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you.